in the locker room, Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, having some fun like we have been all week here. We will be back to our normal noon time slot next week. You'll have Wolf and Starks here for your uh, what will be your, your season programming for the Steelers the rest of the way in the locker room. But a reminder, always here in the locker room, everything we do presented by your neighborhood Ford store. One thing that I wanted to make sure to do with you today, Arthur Motes, was discussed. And I mean, we have a little bit in ways, but not him specifically. I'm talking about that quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Uh, had a fantastic year last year, was legitimately in the MVP conversation. I believe he finished second in the MVP, didn't he, behind Aaron Rodgers? Yes, from my understanding. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. He was either second or third. I, I can't remember which one, but was right up there in the MVP conversation. And Motsi, you look at his progression, and it's, I mean, it's impressive. His first year in the league, he was 5-6 and six as a starter. Second year, 10-6. and six. Last year, 13 and three his completion percentage has gone up every single year it went up 11 points last year his touchdowns per game doubled for his touchdowns pardon me doubled from his rookie year to his second year almost doubled again and he nearly had a four to one touchdown to interception ratio last year while throwing for 4,500 yards and 37 touchdowns Motes, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year, had a QBR well over 80, um, brought his sack numbers down drastically too with with, with better decision-making. Um, man, this this guy is truly one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. But what's the, what's the next step for him, right? Still only 24 years old, and you've improved every season. Is it just continuing to be smart with the football, being a leader for the football team? Um, well, not the football team, uh, being a leader for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, kind of give me your, your evaluation on Josh Allen, where he stands now, the progress he's made in the last three years, and, and where you think he could even continue to improve. He's MVP caliber. All he needs to do is just keep doing what he's doing. It's no knock on him right now. The turnover knock that was fabricated, gone. The accuracy questions debunked leadership not even a question anymore i mean literally he checks every box you want crazy strong arm crazy accurate gamer performs in big moments can extend your plays can improvise has the flash young yeah great size toughness Plays in a hostile environment regularly in buffalo oh and he's willing to run the ball as well too yeah consistency just keep being you eight touchdowns that, on the ground where, last that's year. where he's at right now the same way when we got to a b in 2014 2015 we weren't talking about oh can a b be better no it was a b you're already the best right here just stay there and you're fine yeah the difference for josh allen versus your patrick mahomes versus all these other quarterbacks that we view ahead of him right now is they have the hardware but you can already see he's closing in afc championship game the next thing is super bowl once he wins that it's nothing else we're going to be talking about him like that. You Other know? than, you know, what's the legacy exactly. going to be? Exactly. How many like, could that, he win? That's like, where he's yeah. at right now. Yeah. So for him, it's just more so now you just have to continue to to sustain that high level of play, which I, I'm super confident that he can do. Reminds me a lot of a young Ben Roethlisberger Absolutely. in a lot of those ways, honestly. That, that's where, one thing, like, super. Where, where we all know Ben was good his first couple years, mm-hmm. but he... You know, he he was part of a a bigger a bigger system mm-hmm. with a good run game with a great defense. 
but eventually Ben grew into an MVP candidate, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and a reason why the Steelers were winning games. I think you've seen that same progression with Josh Allen. You know, in 2019, yeah, the Bills won double-digit games, but it still felt like he was a a, a big part of a, a piece in the puzzle there, but part of a puzzle nonetheless. Last year, he was the straw stirring mm-hmm. that drink. And, and Motsi, 37 touchdown passes last year. He also ran for eight touchdowns and had a receiving touchdown <laughs> as well, too. And then that's with him sitting out the whole second half of the last game of the season. He, 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 he nearly accounted for 50 touchdowns himself. 46 touchdowns the himself. That That's they, insane. The way that he was able to work with Diggs. That chemistry is unreal. That reminded me so much of Ben and A.B. Mm-hmm. Watching them where you going into in a game and you're knowing for a fact, he's throwing this guy the ball, and there is zero we can do about it. <laughs> we used to love that feeling. We were going there laughing at defenders like, boy, y'all know y'all in for it today. Mm-hmm. He didn't kill this all weekend practice. It's y'all turn today on Sunday. That was the vibe. When you're listening to Davis White, you listen to Tremaine Edmonds talk about going against Diggs, going against Josh in practice. It's the same energy. It is. So for me, from that's part personal of why those guys are so good. Right, because from personal experience, I remember when we had that atmosphere in our practice setting where we're saying, bro, we're facing the number one running back in the league. We're facing the number one wide receiver in the league. We're facing a top five quarterback in the league. We're facing an arguably the best line in the league every day. So when we got to game day, it was like, bro, this is easier. We like this. <laughs> For the Bills, they have that same concept. They're like, bro, we know we're facing on offense every day in practice. We want something different. And then for the Bills on offense, they're like, we know we're facing on defense as well. Yeah. It's good on good. Really good on really good. Yeah. So with them, man, like I said, for Josh, just stay healthy. Stay healthy and keep doing you. I think you're absolutely right. The, the, you can, the one same piece, thing for Stephon Diggs, too, as the, well. The one piece that I'll be interested to see, and this will probably happen this year or after this season, when Brian Dable leaves. How does he continue his success? Because that was the difference with Ben. Ben was able to continue to be successful and continue to get better when it switched from, was it, uh, oh my goodness, who was here before Haley? Ken was, was uh, it, uh, no, no, it was Arians, no, there right? Was, yes, yes, yeah. it was Bruce, it was Wizenhunt, then, then Bruce, it was Arians. then yeah. Haley. Yep. So like I think of how he went from Arians to Haley, still productive. Goes from Haley to Feekner, still productive, let's be real about it. And now he's going to Canada, and we're still anticipating him still being productive. That's what I want to see from Josh when the schemes start to change a little bit. And granted, Josh is coming into that stance where it'll be kind of like when you're dealing with the Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I got my concepts, but <laughs> you're heavily involved in what you want to do, sure. and we'll work around. You're going to you tailor want. it around right. your franchise quarterback. So with Josh, after this season, that would be the case because I do anticipate Brian Dable there. Um, Offensive coordinator getting a head coaching if job. They, if they have another year like they did this yeah. year, he's going to get. I mean, he was he had an opportunity offers. to get a job this year. Him and Eric Bieniemy. So I definitely anticipate that fully happening this offseason. But that'll be the thing with Josh. What I want to see when he leaves, can you continue that productivity? If yeah. the, if the staff and the and the things are changing around you, can you continue right. to be successful? And that would be another parallel that we could draw to to Ben Roethlisberger because that was the difference. Like we've seen Ben. When he's had A.B., we've seen Ben when he's had just really good receivers, right? Because Emmanuel Sanders and Mike Walsh, they were really good, but they weren't A.B. We've seen Josh with regular guys. Now we've seen him with the digs. I want to see if you keep digs with you for the next three to four years, what does that look like? Right, right. And then, you know, when digs transitions on because you're not going to be able to pay everybody. We know how this thing works. But whenever that does happen, can you make a new digs? Mm-hmm. The same way we've seen Ben go from, all right, Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Wallace, A.B., now I'm going to come out here with 
Well, I mean, I forgot the whole Martavis Bryant, uh, <laughs> Martavis, Sammy Coach, Juju Smith-Schuster. He done done those two. How could you forget? And now he's back, and now we're seeing what he's being able to do with Deontay Chase, Juju again. So, yeah, that's that's what I want to see from Josh long term. That's kind of how I'm viewing him now. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's hard not to project what him and Stephon Diggs could do over the next few years together when you look at what they did last year in their first season together. Uh, I gave you some of Josh Allen's numbers there. Stephon Diggs, I mean, his are just as impressive. I mean, led, led the league in receiving, led the league in receiving yards. Yep, like, 127 receptions, over 1,500 receiving yards. It's insane. You know the thing that I laugh about? 77% catch percentage when he was targeted. I was laughing because at times people were like, well, man – this is a fluke. And I'm like, no, it's not a fluke. This is just him having a real quarterback now. You go from Kirk Cousins to Josh Allen. And he's not sharing the star role anymore. Absolutely. Like He doesn't he's, have an Adam Thielen, Thielen lining up across. Right. And we talked about how and, the Bills and wide even, receivers and are good. And even Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook as because well, too. Zach Moss and uh, Devin Singletary, they're good players, but they're not, we're going to run our offense through you like how top, they do in Minnesota. Top five, top right, seven right. running back. And then like you said with Adam Thielen, so – to me, I'm just like, man, you got a quarterback that I think is way better than Kirk Cousins, and you get a chance to really be the feature. Kyle Rudolph was a big part of that Minnesota Absolutely. offense, like, too. There was just a lot of mouths there. Was to a lot feed of, there. And, and even in Buffalo, it's a lot of mouths, but it's clear the pecking order. Yes. It is a clear Kind of like what, what it was when A.B. was yes. here. It didn't matter if Juju had his 1,000 yards. It didn't matter if Martavis is over there. We knew A.B. is going to get his touches. L. Bell's next, but A.B.'s getting his touches. Same concept for uh, Diggs and Buffalo. Yeah. It absolutely is. And That's why I said it's literally like watching the Steelers it, it, a little bit. It really man. honestly when is. You the more and more game, we break this thing down. And now you see why I'm so high on both because I'm just like, I know I've lived that mm-hmm. for a fact. We lived that, man. We we really did. Oh, uh, man. That, it, it is true. Like, there's so many Ben. Seriously. <laughs> ben and A.B. with uh, with with Diggs and Josh Allen. It, it is it is crazy. Um, and it is, you know, it, it's why these things can be cyclical in the National Football League. Look at you dropping these big words today. Ah, you like that? Cyclical. Absolutely. But yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm very intrigued by the just the progression of Josh Allen. You know, I think a lot of people after his second season, after his sophomore season in 2019, they thought, all right, this guy's going to be good, but he's never going to be a top five guy, right? Because he didn't take that leap after his rookie year. He took that big leap after his sophomore season. But I don't think anyone in Buffalo is complaining. Certainly not now. No one's, uh, you know, ripping on the Bills for that draft pick like they were back in 2018. Josh Allen, 24 years old, already one of the best in the league, certainly with maybe some room to to even get better in the margins and, and more of a connection with Stephon Diggs in year two. Uh, that is certainly going to be one of the matchups that we're going to be keeping an eye on. Tomorrow, we'll do a little five-star Friday. Now, hey, like I said, hey, hey. Moats has his JMU Hall of Fame enshrinement tomorrow, so he won't be here but you'll still hear from him, all right? So we will we'll, have we'll take care of you now. We will have Five Star Friday tomorrow. Uh, Motsi will give you his five matchups to watch, the five matchups that will determine the outcome of Steelers-Bills up there in Buffalo. And I got to imagine there might be some of these uh, these matchups, some of these guys that we have discussed showing up on Arthur Motes' list hey, tomorrow. Hey, 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 hey. But that is for Friday. We've got about 45 minutes left in the show today before we th- turn things over to the godfather Stan Saverin. More Steelers and Bills talk on the other side. We'll continue to get to some of your reaction. On Twitter, you can find us. You can tweet us at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. You can also get on the phone lines, folks. If you've been asking over the summer, where's the phone lines? Where's the phone lines? We got them open, 
919-1316. You call right now. I'll get to you during break, and I'll get you up on the board. It is in the locker room. The Steelers Blitz Boys are in the locker room, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. You are in the locker room on a Thursday. It's the Steelers Blitz gang in here with you all. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. You've got us today, tomorrow, next week. It will be Wolf and Max Starks. They will be your in the locker room hosts for this 2021 season. And you will hear both of them on Sunday's broadcast. Motes and I breaking down plenty of the particulars as it relates to that game Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. One thing that we touched on for for just half a second in the first hour of the program, Motes, that I would like to get your full opinion on Mm -hmm. here. You know, we talked kind of briefly about the Steelers secondary as it related to, well, kind of through the lens of talking about the talented Bills wide receiver group. Correct. In that, we kind of joked about how we still don't know who's going to be the second guy on the outside opposite of Joe Hayden. We're still not entirely sure how this— It was like a joke serious, like a funny— It it was a a joke serious. Ha-ha, serious, ha-ha. There there was some— But they say every joke got some truth to it. Every joke has some truth to it. That's what I was looking for, exactly. It was a joke, ha-ha, ha-ha. But in all seriousness, who are they? But in all seriousness, uh, this seems like a pretty big deal. So let me ask you this. If, you know, if you're— Terrell Austin, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if, if you're the one who's kind of the the, the coach of the secondary, if you're a, a big part of making these decisions, what would I guess there's maybe two questions with it. How do you think this shakes out? How would you have it shake out? I guess. Right. We all know Joe Hayden's going to be one guy on the outside, mm-hmm. but who's the other starter on the outside? Who starts in the in the slot and that nickel? Kind well, yeah, of for me, man, my concept is simple. I got Joe on the outside. I'm starting Cam Sutton on the outside. Then when we go to sub-package ball, I'm bumping Cam Sutton to the slot. James Pierre comes onto the outside. Okay. The only reason I don't start James Pierre on the outside is because I gave Cam Sutton the contract, and he has de- he deserves the right to lose the job. Hmm. Preseason is preseason. I don't think he did enough to lose a job in the preseason. I don't think James Pierre did enough to take that job in the preseason. I thought Pierre played extremely well, but – in terms of just the contract status of it, I feel like you have to at least give Cam Sutton at least one opportunity in the regular season to be on the outside. I agree with you on that, too, because if there's any chance that you think Cam could be mm-hmm. the number one guy after Joe Hayden, you got to find that out exactly. this year, too. And you're, you did not find that out versus the Eagles. I know yeah. that it scared people. Oh, man, they, you know, he got beat deep. It was, in, it was incomplete. So we call that long foul ball. That's what we always say because it doesn't matter how pretty it looked or how nervous we were, it didn't happen. It's long foul ball. Think about the baseball. Oh, it was a home run. Nope, it went outside that that pole. Oh, all right, we're good. Didn't happen. Next I like play. that actually. Long foul ball. That's, I'm what, use that's that. how we say it. So, and let's not kid ourselves too. That happens to every corner in the national. Come football. on now. You and every I. You and corner. I sing the praises of Darrell Rivas all every the time. All right. Corner. And you know that's real coming from me, Mr. WVU, who has absolutely yeah. no love for anybody that's ever come out of that school that's located in the Oakland district <laughs> of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. All right. Except for maybe our friend Missy Matthews. She's the go. only one. There we go. 
Darrell Revis is the best corner that I like in my lifetime. I'm not talking when I was a kid with Dion and yeah. Rod, like that I've been an adult and been able and to really appreciate, watch yes. and appreciate that you can go on YouTube and you can find videos of Darrell Revis getting burnt. Mm-hmm. It, it, it happens to every corner in the National Football League. Play the game long enough, you get got. Yeah, it, that's just that's that position. That's the nature of that position, even for for the future Hall of Famers and for some of the greatest that we've ever seen. But you got it. You, I, I'm with you on that. You have to find out what you have in Cam Sutton this year because that's another thing you and I have discussed. This year, while we all know it's important and it feels like a last ride and the, and the team is gearing up to make some noise like they always are, it also feels like a lot of guys are auditioning for future roles because there is going to be a lot of turnover. You've mm-hmm. got veteran guys um, in the secondary and along the defensive line. You've got some some young, inexperienced guys on the offensive line that are trying to establish themselves in the National Football League. I think, Motsi, you have to end this season knowing what you have in Cam Sutton, and the way to do that is you got to put him out there and you got to put him in those scenarios. No, I would definitely agree with that, man. That is going to be the best way to find out. And not saying that he's going to be perfect, not saying that he's not going to have growing pains, but you paid him this offseason for that opportunity. Yes. You allowed Steven Nelson to leave here regardless of who was at fault because of that. So, once again, you owe that opportunity not just to Cam Sutton, but to yourself as an organization. You don't put your cornerback room through all of that, and then the guy that you did it for, you don't even give him the opportunity week one. Hey, that that, that, I, I, that would yeah. not add up. I, I just don't. I don't think that's the way to go. I I agree with you on that. Now let me ask you this though, because I'm sure there's some people that were listening to how you kind of laid that out there, right? Cam on the outside, sub package ball, move him inside, bring in uh, James Pierre. Would there be any worries about like? that type of moving parts, if that makes sense, right? That now, you're Cam asking- Sutton is more than capable of doing yeah. that. And it's easier for Cam to go outside corner to inside corner, which is more natural for him. Sure, sure. Versus if you're trying to put James Pierre, who is predominantly outside corner, and tell him to go play slot because you feel like he's one of your top three guys, that would be way more of an inconvenience. So knowing how Coach Tom operates, he wants the least amount of moving pieces, and he wants to move the person that it will inconvenience the least. Correct. And Cam Sutton, that movement is going to be very inconvenient. It's not going to inconvenience him at all. Because it is at least – it's something that he's done before. He's done that. He, he's more familiar with that than he is yeah. the outside corner. Yeah. So that's, that's, that, that's kind of how they handle that, at least with Coach Tomlin, from my experiences with him. That's how he's always conducted it. Hey, Moats, if you wanted me to switch a position, look, we're going to do this because it's easier for you to play here while these guys can still compete out there. Now, granted, it was more training camp just with injuries and stuff like that. It's like, hey, look, you're going to spend all week at, line, at inside linebacker because it's not going to inconvenience you there, and you're still going to be able to come back out here and be right. that guy. Right. But for these younger players who are trying to get on get a job, they can't go to inside linebacker. That's going to kill them at two positions now. So that's kind of the conversation that you will have, and you just understand it. like, all right, cool, I understand it, man. This is bigger than me. We're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. And for Cam Sutton, I think it will be a similar approach. And you've been through that. Oh, you, absolutely. Multiple were, teams, not just here, in were, Buffalo as well. Yeah, you were a guy that was, that was yeah. moved around. Hey, you got you to know what you're doing yeah. off ball. You got to know what you're doing lining up on the edge. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and they're very that, different. Like, just from the, from the pure mental perspective, right, mm-hmm. of having to prepare for those different roles, is that taxing or is there there's enough crossover, there's enough Earth, body of work there? My first two years, it was very taxing. Just because I wasn't familiar with NFL coverages. Sure. I wasn't familiar with coverages at all because I played just DN in college and in high school, so I never had to worry about it, right? But that was the challenge for me, understanding the nuance of inside linebacker and their drops, their responsibilities, where their help is, and then the outside guys. 
But then you got to learn the difference of a three, four, and a four, three, which in Buffalo, you were changing. it was every yeah. year. <laughs> so when I say my first years, I struggled was because first year we were in a three, four, I was playing inside linebacker. Second year, mid season, we switched to a four, three under Dave Wanstat. Drastically different. <laughs> so yeah, my head was spinning at times, but the, the longer you do it, the easier it becomes. Now, when I'm able to watch tape or watch a game, I pick it up so quick because I see how the puzzle works because it's like, oh, yeah, I know if I'm at outside linebacker and it's a 3-4, okay, I'm a curl flat drop. If, I, if I'm if i inside linebacker, I'm hook curl, okay. I know if I got my safety over here, he's going to be in the middle, so I want to be a little bit shaded outside. I know if the safety is in cover, too, I want to be heavy inside. I got the slot, I got the corner squatting outside for me. So that's kind of how I would put it together and memorize it. And then from there, it was just – like reading, a, like like I said, looking at a puzzle. Like right. this is the picture. This is how it has to go, regardless of what the picture is. These shapes are these shapes. Huh. Okay. You can yeah, have yeah, your yeah. face, my face, and and WU face up there. But if that's a circle and this is a circle, it has to go. If that's a square and a circle, it ain't gonna work, baby. That's well said. And that's why that's why I love having these conversations with our buddy Arthur Motes. He's been there. He's done that. That's the duality of man, right there, baby. So I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that that is the way forward, at least certainly to start the season as well, too. Yeah. Um, you keep Cam on the outside in base. You move him inside, bring on Pierre when you go to sub package. Behind those three, is it is it Justin Lane as the four? Is it Arthur Mollette? <laughs> so, we know our guy uh, Brooks Jr. is out of the conversation how, how, after those well, now three. You, got Kella, well, uh, you have, you have as Witherspoon well. as well, too. That's right. I completely forgot about yeah. him. And... Speaking of WVU, you got Carl Joseph in this conversation as well, too. Right, but he's still practicing he, well, right now. Well, not this week, right, right, not but, this but, week. but yeah. going forward, yeah. Yeah, I think because um, with the Kello, it's the same conversation. How quickly does he get up to speed here? I like his length. I like his size that he has on the perimeter. But once again, how long does it take for him to get acclimated? Right. How long does it take for him to you got, do enough to impress where we're willing to trust him enough to even put him out there? Like, you think he probably won't have that big of a role on Sunday? I think special teams initially. Yeah. Special teams, and if they get in a bind, you put them out there. But I, I seriously doubt if he dresses. I just I don't think just because of how quick it was. And I just don't know how they view him compared to the guys they currently have who've sure. already been here working, who sure. at least they have a rapport Some with. familiarity with. Yeah. Right, because Coach Tomlin will say this, and Keith Butler says this all the time. Mental errors and missed tackles are the quickest and easiest way to get you beat defensively. And right now, when you're talking about your two inside linebackers being new, in terms of Devin Bush coming back from injury, not really having played a lot of ball, Joe Schobert being here three weeks, you can account for maybe one or two mental errors in that group right there. Now you throw in a cornerback who just got here four days ago, now you can see how that becomes the pile on. And then that doesn't include if we're talking about no to it, I didn't even want to go no Tyson, but just no to it because you're still going to have a new guy up there. That's a lot of moving pieces, mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities for mental errors. I agree. And that's I, I and, and, and mental errors against – You can't have it. And definitely against Buffalo. Like Buffalo, an you got to play like your, your – An bet. offense like that, you have <laughs> right. to be buttoned up. You have to. Yeah. So and that's the thing that I just don't know if they'll be willing to put him out there that quick because literally it is that – I mean, this is Buffalo. We know they – they're good already. They don't need any help. And you having mental errors, blown coverages, that helps. If we say, we're hey, we're running cover three, tight Sammy 33 here, but when they go from two by two to three by one, we're going to check it to six, and you don't get that check on the backside, you still over here playing three. You're supposed to be squat corner. We're in trouble. 
or 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 we were in two and now we're going to three and you think you're still supposed to be over here with no vertical on this receiver because you think you got safety hope and you don't. That's and it happens so fast. And let's be real, it's Buffalo, New York, not just Bills Mafia, still a nation's gonna be in there heavy. Mm-hmm. You really think you're gonna be able to hear anybody out there communicating defensively? Nah. No, it's 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 nah. it's gonna it's gonna be a rabid atmosphere there for sure. So that's for me another reason why I'm just like I don't see them trying to put him oh. out there like that. Like without having great confidence in his understanding of the defense, you put yourself in a potential bind. And that concerns me, Arthur Motes. I'm more concerned with the mental. Like that's because we we had that, we had talent that last We year. have talent, but it's the mental that I'm worried about. And that was with Joe and Steven and Minka. We had some of you those communication breakdowns last year, and those were well, with, that was with the secondary it, that was returning. The and same it wasn't group. just one game. We pointed out the first couple weeks, like, oh, that was a blown coverage. Oh, they were slow on this one. Oh, he saw that late. Oh, he jumped this. He shouldn't have done that. We were coming to have these t- Professor Motes. Oh, Professor Motes, and that's how we would break these plays down. So. Yeah. We'll be doing that again on Monday, <laughs> hopefully that, in a positive right. way. But those are the things that I get concerned about just with the moving pieces and how we have it going on right now. Why I just don't see them really utilizing him. I think we'll see my let out there before we see Akello. I think you're right. I think that they at least – trust Mollett to an extent to to, to put him out yeah. there and, and have him play a role. And I like Justin Lane. I thought that he really came on. I just don't know what what they've seen from him these past couple of weeks. Because obviously we haven't been down there right. since the preseason game. But he did have nice progression throughout. Right. Like his progression was was beautiful. Starting Not to just make some in plays practice, in but in the, the games too. Games, yeah. His confidence, he looked like he was he was starting to come into shape. So for me, that that's the other guy. I was like, I want to see how that plays out. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um we this is you know this is part of the anticipation the excitement at the beginning of an NFL season we are obviously very familiar with this roster we know you the fans are familiar with your guys in the black and gold but there's still always a, a lot of stuff to shake out how's it look with the tight ends how's it look with the wide receivers um in the secondary how are those roles delegated who's going to fill in um in the absence of some of these injuries as well on defense what's the balance look like between Joe Schobert and Devin Bush there's a a ton that we wait and we anticipate and we speculate to an extent, but we don't really know until we see it. And thankfully we are uh, just about three days from now, a little over three days from now. uh, We will see all this play out Sunday, one o'clock up there in Buffalo. We're going to take our last break of the show today. Everything on the table. When we come back on the other side, you want to chime in on all the topics we have discussed today. Um, Ben Roethlisberger in the offense with with a bunch of rookies and the new offensive coordinator and moving parts. T.J. Watt, anything Buffalo Bills related, the Steelers secondary, all these conversations we've had, they are on the table. We've gotten a bunch of tweets already. We'll get to those uh, at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. And you are also, as always, welcome to hit us up on the phone lines, 412-919-1316. You dial those digits right now, and I will get to you during the break. He is Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. We're the Steelers Blitz Boys in the locker room for Wolf and Starks on 970 ESPN and SNR. Good morning, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Inside the locker room, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler on a Thursday, getting ready for Bills 
versus Steelers. Motsi, um, I, I, I don't want to bring us down here, all right, but I had to do that. You're, you're laughing. That's a thing that I used to do on the show all that. the time. I missed that. <laughs> good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? That's good. Motsi, I had to do that again today. I wanted to make sure I get that in because, yeah. and again, I, I don't want to get too heavy here. We already did that two days ago on Tuesday. Um, but the guy that I bit that off of, yeah. the guy that I stole that off of, was a guy who I used to produce in Philadelphia. His name was Big Daddy Graham. Yeah. He was the late-night host in Philadelphia. He passed away last night. Man, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. You, thank you. Thank sorry you. sorry to hear that, um, And all my thoughts and prayers are, are with his family, Definitely. my old Philly radio family. He, kind of similar to Tunch, had been battling some illnesses, so there is comfort in knowing that, that he's in a better place. Absolutely, he's not struggling. Man. He was a lot like Tunch, though. If you, it didn't matter if you knew him for 30 years or you knew him for 30 seconds. Like Everyone has a story. Everyone has a moment with Big Daddy Graham. He was a sports radio guy and a stand-up comedian. So oh, you wow. can just imagine. That's the parallel like, for you right there. He Absolutely. Was, he was hilarious. He was a great dude. Uh, he was the first person I produced when I was out in Philly. Um, so I just I had to give a nod to him. Uh, rest in peace to Big Daddy Graham, Tunch Ilkin. It has been a, a heavy week. And, uh, and just my, my thoughts, my prayers are... Uh, of course, still with the Ilkin family as well, too, uh, but with the Grams out in Philadelphia, particularly his daughter, Ava, who I used to work with. Uh, just wanted to wish them all the best. And, uh, you know, the guys who always inspire you and, and, oh, you, yeah, man. And you, you learn give them roses, from on, man. This, on this radio thing, got to make sure um, that, that, that you're giving those guys their props. So RIP to BDG and, uh, and thoughts and prayers to, to all my family, uh, old radio family, friends, coworkers out there in philadelphia uh, the the phillies and the eagles were were, tweet, were tweeting about him passing away mozi that's man, how no, that's that's, that's right how there, impactful man. he that's was respect. very very similar to tunch in a lot of ways honestly yeah. that just that impact not only in the sports community but in the community as a whole and uh, and all the best to his family now let's get to some of the tweets some of the reaction here as we close out the show i did want to shout out jim called us during the break there mozi <laughs> To let, us, to, to let us know that there is a Popeyes in Hermitage, and that is the good information that we need. No, we do need that because we, we don't road a lot, so you definitely need to know these abs things. Absolutely. Um, now we'll get back to the tweets here. Adam tweets us and says, I know Matt and Dale are the ones that are normally talking fantasy football all the time, but hearing your little conversation after A-B, I want to take this to the next level. Any, all chance, all right. any chance you guys would start him over Deontay Johnson? Makes me nervous, and I have to make a decision by tonight. I personally would, just because I know A.B., his floor is going to be higher. Whereas with Deontay, if Tredavis White chooses to go against Deontay all game, yeah, start Chase Claypool. <laughs> like, that's just how I look at it right now, man. Yeah, and I agree. And I think it's more factors that can negatively impact Deontay if the O-line doesn't protect the way that we think they can protect. Because the Bills, they're not built to stop the run, but they are built to rush the pass. So you look at the depth they have at D.N., they have guys, not just proven guys in terms of Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, but they have high pedigree depth guys. Greg Russo, early round draft pick out of Miami. Absolutely. AJ Panessa, second round draft pick from a year ago. Boogie Basham, early round draft pick from this season. They got guys, and that doesn't even talk, a guy like Ed Oliver, who is drafted to rush the passer. Correct. They do that really well. Yes, they do. And they typically play with leads a lot, too. Which, which helps them play that style. Of which football. in turn, though, that puts us in a bond because we know our O-line, the pass protection part, that's that's going to be interesting to see. Yes, it is. Especially with the new positions. A lot of moving parts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They, they, you, I mean, you want to talk about communication? We had that conversation with the secondary. That certainly applies um, with the offensive line as well. Mm -hmm. 
you, you have to be on the same page there, or else you're gonna be you're gonna be paddling up creek without a canoe. Yeah. So I just think A B is less volatility, is less variables that will get into his way because Tampa's old line is going to be good. They're already going to have a running game and they already have the quarterback and you know the quarterback has a rapport with A.B. From fantasy or just a regular football, mm-hmm. like that's, yeah, they, I, would, I would start A.B. And they might carve up the Cowboys tonight. Oh, absolutely. That line keeps, that, line's, that line's up to nine and a half points, Motsi. Why wouldn't it be? That's my thing. I agree. Especially what, what, when what have you the consider, Cowboys done to make you even think that, yeah. And especially when you consider that, that Dak's been dealing with, with injury exactly. issues all offseason. I'm like, just because y'all on hard knocks and y'all got a cool storyline, man, plenty of hard knocks teams that been bums. I don't want to hear none of that. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are. are yeah. I mean, it all it all kind of feels like it hinges on Dak's health and, and how, how the leg has recovered, obviously, and his shoulder as well, too. See, you worried about the leg. I was more worried about the shoulder. I'm more worried about the shoulder. When they hit you with this day-to-day, but yet day-to-day turns in month-to-month, like, what does that mean? You know what that means? Mm-hmm. Not good. Exactly. <laughs> Joseph tweets us and says, have you guys seen the newest episode of The Standard? It was great seeing Ben being so vocal with his guys during the preseason games. There was one play that stood out to me. Ke- uh, Kendrick Green got put on his butt and got upset. Ben went up to him, picked him up, and told him it was okay. The ball was gone. We got this. I love seeing Ben talking up his guys after the whole narrative that he is not a good leader. I have not seen the newest episode of The Standard yet, Motsi. It debuted last night on all the Steelers channels at 8 yeah, o'clock. I definitely missed it, too. I tell you what, though. I heard a little rumor that some familiar voices were featured in that Uh-oh. episode of The Standard. Maybe. Well, 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 hello there. Maybe two guys who are rocking the microphone right now. You don't say. So, yeah, I, believe me, Joseph. It's all, Again, crazy time of year. It's on my list, though. It is on my, it is <laughs> on my list. I'm going to watch it at some point today. But if you want to go back and double check that, too, you might hear a couple familiar voices in there. Maybe Arthur Motes, maybe Wes Euler. Hint, hint. Maybe both. Hint, hint. Uh, T- <laughs> TC asks us this, and uh, I- I- he probably missed it earlier. I'm sure some people missed it earlier. We did discuss this, but TC's basically asking, you know, if it's possible that there's already a deal in place with TJ Watt um, or very close to having one. We we discussed See, very why close is very different. close is different. Yeah. A deal already in place? Nah, very close, but very close could have been where they've been this whole month. And just maybe a thing like guaranteed money is tripping Yeah, up. Yeah, but I don't think the whole, oh, yeah, they got a deal done and they're keeping it secret. Like, from my experiences with the NFL, I haven't seen one owner, coach, or one of these big-time reporters like Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, ever all get on the same page and say, hey, look, guys, we're not going to say anything about this. A deal of this magnitude. We're all going to wait, and we're all going to say it at the same time. But you know what, Shefty? You get to be the one to break the report. Yeah. I have never seen that no. in my life. That's And Moats did a great job of yeah. laying that out. If, if there, there was, was an agreement right. done, it would have been leaked by this yes, point. Because just don't keep as soon as the quiet. deal is done, they have to file it with the league office. And as soon as it goes there... That's when the big boys are going to get that information. That's that when thing is Shefty out there. gets the text. Absolutely. Rappaport gets the text. And, and if the deal isn't filed, then guess what? The deal isn't done. <laughs> that's, that's the other part of it, you know? It, nothing's official till it's official, Exactly. Right? Especially in, in this business. Right. Uh, Motsi, Matt's checking in here with a little three-question Thursday. If you guys could be famous for something other than football and radio, what would it be? Oh, drums. Well, I want to be a musician, bro. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody yeah. knows that that would both Definitely. of us. Gosh. You know, we got some new listeners here. So, uh, like, yeah. Um, 
I first of all, uh, even the possible alluding to that I might be considered famous for radio. Ah, you're giving me way too much credit there, Matt. See, um, you're famous. I tell people I do a show with you. <laughs> but yeah, I listen. Motes, if I could right now, I mean, I'd 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 go be a musician. If I could be standing on stage somewhere playing guitar in right. front of 30,000 people, I'd go do that right now. That's what I wanted to do till I was sixteen, seventeen. And my dad was like, eh, you better start practicing seven, eight hours a day. And then I was like, eh, you know what? I think I'll just talk about sports. Yeah, I want to have a little more fun doing this. I instead. do. I wanted to be behind a microphone, right? But I thought I was going to do it singing and playing guitar. I thought I was going to be the next John Mayer out in this piece. But instead, I'm rocking the microphone with the body. But at least you got the good hair still. Yeah, small victories. I mean, I'm into my 30s now. It's still <laughs> the good victories. hair. I mean, small it, 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 you know, it's, it's a little different than it was four years ago when we started doing this thing. But, you know, it's still still the good hair, for sure. For sure. I just got to put a little product in it. Number two. Oh, man, see, these are good ones from Matt. What small stuff do you sweat even though you know you shouldn't? Mm. Scheduling. That, that That's a big one for me. For no reason. I, I laugh big at myself one. all the time. I like, I, I like In this business, there is no such thing as a concrete schedule, mm-hmm. particularly during football season. Moats and I get phone calls all the time. Hey, your schedule's changing for this for the week. Hey, mm-hmm. your schedule's changing today for this. Hey, can hey, you do this? Come at this time instead of this time tomorrow, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, when when you're younger, that's much more doable. When you're, you know, getting to be older like we are, when you got three kids. Speak for like, yourself, older. I don't know. When, when you got three kids like Arthur Motes, or you're a family man like we both are, it, it, it can be perturbing to have those schedule changes dropped right in your lap. Um, and I guess for me, it's more so also the thought of, let me see how to put this. The balance of, is that money worth my time? Exactly. If you understand, like, exactly. Because that's the one thing that we can never get back is your time. Exactly. So even though they might pay us a certain amount to do certain things for, you know, the inconvenient stuff like that, is that worth being away from the wife, being away from the kids, or being away from just that's your why, own that's free time. That's why you said yeah, there, there was no man. way you could have gotten back into the NFL or no way you'd yeah. go in, in, into coaching because you want that time. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's not worth Like, even though the money would be great, it's just not worth it time-wise. Agreed. That's coming from the family man. And as a soon-to-be mm-hmm. soon family man myself, I am definitely feeling that one. Straight like that. Last one here, Motsi. we got about 60 seconds. <laughs> are we going to be gra- gone in 60 seconds? This is like Jeez. the best three-question Thursday we've ever gotten. Do you people watch? And if so, where do you like to do it the most? <laughs> Southside. I'm not going to lie. On occasion, I will just drive down Carson Friday night, Saturday night. Oh. Just for the drive. Not to park. Not to get out. Just to drive and just watch the foolery that takes place, and you know what I'm talking about. I absolutely. You know what I'm talking about. I was part of that foolery about a decade ago in my early 20s, all right? I just enjoy just – I'll just slowly – I don't even have the windows down. I had nope. windows up. You don't even know it's me. And I'm just like. Just taking it all in. I just want to feel it. I just want to feel it a little just bit. Just taking it all in. <laughs> just let me see a little bit of action. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. Dog. I love this. Keep it going. <laughs> for, for me, Motsi, that's a great one. Absolutely. For me, though, it's at the dead shows. Mm. All right? I mean, everybody knows. I've been to like seven dead shows in the last three summers. Well, take the pandemic summer out. You yeah. get it. Uh, they have the thing at, at Grateful Dead, Dead and Company shows. They call it Shakedown Street, right? Like mm. it's it's just a it's imagine like a fair is what okay. it is. People set up tents, they sell T-shirts, they sell all different kinds of stuff. It is just a sight to behold. Yeah, my favorite place to to people watch 
is uh, is when I'm tailgating, when I'm walking around at the dead shows for sure. A lot of tie-dye, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, amongst other things, things. That, that we'll just leave there. That we'll just leave there. <laughs> that ain't the only thing that's out there. Because that's going to do it for us today. Up next, it's the Godfather, Stan Saverin. Reminder, we will be back tomorrow. Well, Motsi will not be here. He will be in spirit. We'll hear from yeah. Arthur Motes. You'll have Jacob and I for the show tomorrow. And then uh, Wolf and Starks will be back next week. So everybody, take care now. Bye-bye then. We'll talk to you in tomorrow. It's, the, or it's in the locker room with the Steelers Blitz Boys here on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.